Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Good evening, friends. Here we are. It's uh, Word Up. Uh, we're studying the book of Revelation. Thank you for joining us both live and uh, if you're watching any recording. Great to be with Pastor Akin and Ben. Again, here we are, the three of us. Uh, we're going to be with you next week as well together. Hi, Jay. Thank you for joining us. It is indeed Bible time. We're studying the scriptures verse by verse through the book of Revelation. And um, we're almost through to the end of the section, uh, which is the letters to the churches. And we're halfway through the last letter, the, the letter to the church in Laodicea. Hi, Anne. Great to have you with us watching via Chromecast Ah, bit on the big screen. We'll wave to you on the big screen. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, I've always wanted to be on TV. I finally made it. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so, yeah, we're, we're in the church. And now Ben has kindly offered to give us a sort of quick overview of the, the, the letters to the churches and what God's been saying through those and um go on ben you take it away from there what's been happening with these letters to the churches okay well i thought it'd be good to just go through the, the seven churches that we've looked at because uh you know it's easy to barrel through these studies and kind of move on to the next one and uh, forget about what we've looked at so um i'll just go through if we start with the church of ephesus um what i've done is recorded what how god was revealed to them what he did their works were uh what the warnings were to them and then what their reward was if they turned around and followed him so the church of ephesus it, it, god's revealed it says the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand who walks among the seven golden lampstands and a lot of this refers back to the, john's initial vision of, of god and it says to the church of ephesus your works that you cannot bear evil people you test false apostles and you have patient endurance and you bear up uh, and you've not grown weary, and that you hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which we, we looked at, who were uh, a bunch of people that were teaching uh, error. Um, but what he had against them was that they abandoned their first love and insisted them repent and return. And if you won't, I will come to you and remove your lampstand, basically end the church. But if they did, the reward was to the one who conquers, I will grant to him to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Next one is the church of Smyrna. God's revealed, uh, Jesus revealed to the words of the first and the last who died and came to life. And so their tribulations, uh, the troubles that were experiencing were poverty, slander of false Jews and the synagogue of Satan, imprisonment, testing, tribulation and possibly death. But their reward for persevering with the Lord is that I will give you the crown of life. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. And with Smyrna, it was one of the two churches that didn't have any uh, errors or warnings against it. Uh, the church of Pergamon, Jesus revealed, said the words of him who has the sharp two-edged sword and the positives about them were that you hold fast my name, you do not deny my faith even in the face of some being martyred, but some among you hold to the teaching of Balaam and the Nicolaitans, eating food sacrificed to idols, practicing sexual immorality, and the warning is repent, if not, I will come to you soon and war against you with the sword of my mouth. 
but if you do repent, your reward to the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone, and no one knows it except the one who receives it. Okay, so um, where are we? Thyatira, the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. Your works are that you have love, faith, and service, patient endurance, and your latter word works exceed the first. But you tolerate Jezebel, a false prophet, a false teacher, seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and eat food sacrificed to idols. And the warning is, I gave her time the the, the spirit or the the teaching of Jezebel. Uh, I gave her time to repent, but she refuses. I will throw her onto a sick bed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent, and I will strike their children dead. But to the one who conquers, who keeps my works until the end, authority to rule the nations with a rod of iron, and I will give them the morning star. To the church in Sardis, God has revealed the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Their works, the reputation of being alive, but you are dead, unfinished works in the sight of my God. And the warning, wake up, strengthen what is about to die. Remember what you have seen and heard. Repent or I'll come like an unexpected thief against you. That famous phrase, a thief in the night. Your reward to those who walk in white, un, in white unsawed garments. The name remain, their name remains in the book of life. I will confess his name before my father and his angels. Church of Philadelphia, uh, the city of brotherly love. The words of the Holy One, the True One, who has kept the key of David, who opens what no one will shut, and who shuts what no one will open. The works, little power, but you've kept my word. You've not denied my name. You've kept my word and, and had patient endurance. The reward, I will make false Jews who lie against you bow down at your feet and learn that I have loved you. I will keep you from the hour of trial. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. I will write God's name, the new Jerusalem, and a new name on him. Of Philadelphia is the second church where there's no uh, error, there's no uh, warning against sin. And then the final church, Laodicea, the wor works of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. Their works, you are lukewarm, indifferent, rich and need nothing, but poor, pitiable, wretched, blind and naked. Not really much good about Laodicea. The warning is that they are to buy gold, which is true riches from the Lord, wear white garments, which will cover their nakedness and shame and uh, have spiritual eye salve that they may truly see. He says to them, I'm knocking, open the door and come to me. And the reward to Laodicea is the one who conquers, I will grant to sit with you on my throne. And those are the seven churches of Revelation. Great, thanks Ben. Thanks for that quick uh, spin through all seven. And uh, let's pick up then on uh, Laodicea. Um, just going to read uh from you know the detail of that quickly so from verse 15 i know your deeds that you are neither hot you are neither cold nor hot i wish that you were one or the other so because you are lukewarm neither hot nor cold i'm about to spit you out of my mouth you say i am rich i've acquired wealth and do not need a thing but you do not realize that you are wretched pitiful poor blind and naked I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love I rebuke and discipline so be earnest and repent. 
Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And we looked last time at this um, this imagery of neither hot nor cold, and we heard that uh, even uh, in that place of Laodicea, there was an aqueduct which brought water down to the um, to the town, to the city, uh, from the springs, and and they knew about what it was like to have lukewarm water in your mouth not nice and and we talked about the lord saying look i wish you weren't lukewarm you you i can do nothing with you i wish you were one or the other even if you were totally cold i could somehow at least work with you there's a there's a kind of seems to be um seems to be suggesting that that it's almost better because i can bring you alive and bring you to repentance but if you are lukewarm and you're sort of almost inoculated with just a little bit of you know seemingly following god or or, or you know one foot in one foot out it is a real problem because you won't see your need you won't realize the um the wretched position you are in and we know it was a wealthy area and so the Lord is saying to these people, and we have to apply it to ourselves, look, you think that because you have, it seems like material wealth and you're rich, you don't need a thing. But don't you realize that spiritually you are pitiful, wretched even. You know, wretched is kind of hopeless and lost without God. Poor, blind and naked. This is a really pitiful kind of assessment of their place, their their. Uh, condition shall we say but we say we hear that those i love there's still a love there's still a way back i rebuke i discipline i'm calling you back repent and you will uh, you will be restored you will be clothed you will be cleansed and you will see again i counsel you it says verse 18 to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes what about these three you know the gold the the clothes and the um the salve for the eyes pastor akin what um what do you make of of, of this kind of these illusions and pictures what god knows about the church in, in terms of what um they think they have and what they actually need the lord, lord is making a great you know, like you've rightly said, a distinction uh, between these things. And even when we, you know, when he's talking about the gold, he's talking about the clothing, he's talking about the eye cell, we can see that he isn't actually talking about physical gold. He isn't talking yeah. about, you know, money. He's not talking about putting clothes on or the outside because they already had all of those things. But he's really talking about, uh, you know, the things that um, that God values and the things that God treasures. So the same way, I guess, in the natural that they would have valued having physical gold. There are certain things that, um, you know, of, of great value to God. They were lacking in those things. So, for, for example, he's talking here about um, zeal and about repentance. You know, the sort of things that were not seen in their life and are saying that, you know, I want you to be hot. I want you to be zealous. And maybe these were things that um, in the church, they, they didn't actually value those things. They were more looking at the uh, you know the physical things that they had 
rather than the things that ma mattered and were valued to uh, valued by God. It's a bit like today when you spoke about, you know, how you handle things when you were at the, the service today and you spoke about yeah. that someone being given a few sweets yes. to hand over to some children and they wouldn't really value it because they thought, oh no, if I if I lose the sweets or I drop them, you know, it's only, it's only cost a few pennies or a pound, mm -hmm. I can just go and buy them again. But if someone had something of great value, like you said today, yeah, yeah. about that uh, lottery ticket, it'd be like, wow, you know, you you want to, you know, make sure that you didn't lose that ticket. You know, you yeah. took that ticket to the shop and you collected the money. It's very much so about mm -hmm. the goal that the thing. What are the things that God values in in yes. His church? Yeah. What are the things that He sees as being important? We can talk about uh, the church in Philadelphia that had the brotherly love. We can talk about some, you know, some of the other churches, the things that God saw in those churches that were valuable to him, even though the people didn't actually, maybe not, didn't value them. Um, I forget the name of the church where they had great poverty, but God says that they were rich in spirit, yes, even though physically right, yeah. they didn't have a lot of money, but they, they, they lacked. And yeah. talking about, you know, the, the, the clothing as well, if we talk about physical clothing, the things that we put on, those clothes, they kind of, people identify us with the kind of clothes that we put on. So if we're into, you know, designer clothes, expensive clothes, people see yeah. us and they think, oh, you know, that guy is a, you know, he's a, a classy dresser or, he, or he's rich or something like that. But how, how when people see us, what are the sort of things that they see in our lives? I think that's what the Lord is looking at. We clothe with humility. Do we have God's peace in our life? Do we have his joy in our life? Yeah. Those are the things that we value that people actually see in us. People actually, yeah. they look at Ben and they say, wow, that, I don't know, he's going to be working in such a, you know, um, a stressful environment. And yet he always seems to be so calm and so peaceful. You know, how, what do we clothe ourselves with? And it's really, it's the, it's the spirit of God. When we have the spirit of God in us and we value the Holy Spirit in us, then he begins to manifest those things in our life. And people see that we're we actually, as the Bible says, we are clothed with Christ, aren't we? We're clothed with his nature. Yeah. That's the kind of clothing that, you know, the yeah. Lord will want us to have. And the eye salve, you know, we're talking about our sight, our vision. What are we seeing? You know, what is, what is are we seeing the things that God is seeing? Our eyes open yes. so that, um, you know, we're not uh, focused on worldly things and just want yeah. all of those things all the time. You know, so we, we can look into all of these things and see that God is speaking to us. Yeah. And just the same way he was speaking to this church about, you know, what it is that he values and, and what he wants us to have and how he wants us to live our lives. Yeah, the the imagery throughout here, it's important to have that um, understanding of the Old Testament because always, um, you know, the imagery is coming through. And, and these, of course, were Jewish believers that they had, many of them, you know, in the early church, and they would have been very familiar with the, the, their scriptures were the Old Testament that they still of course uh was were living out of and uh as as we all do as we still there there wasn't that distinction old and new um in the sense but i i'm reminded of isaiah 55 with this one where it says come all you are thirsty come buy without money without cost spend money you know on listen to me eat from me and and that your soul will delight in the richest of fare uh, that your soul may live you know this is the real riches that are available from the lord without they don't cost anything a every person can come and fill themselves with the true heavenly riches ben what any any anything to add on these i just i was going to say that those things that aiken has said that we said last time that laodicea was a center of banking so there was the example with the gold uh, a center of like wool production so there was the example with the garments uh and a center oh, we lost ben there for a moment 
things like Paul did from the, the environment around him, um, which, you know, he does it in a lot of the other ones. So, yeah, it's making it relevant to them, uh, just like use examples from today. Uh, he's doing the same at that point, uh, using those things to speak into their culture, to speak into their town, um, which was, you know, makes it more relevant to them. That's right. So we talked about, yeah, repent. Those whom I love, I rebuke. There's always a way back. And, and that's the heart mm. of the Lord. Look, you know, he he's really, there's a sense of urgency, you know, come back to me, come back to me. Come and, and clothe yourself. Come and get that salve for your eyes. Going into this sort of phrase verse that we often hear used for like the salvation message. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. And yet we he we see here it's actually addressing um, believers, the saints. It's addressing those who are spiritually, you know, not in the place they should be. It's almost like God is there saying, I want to come in. I want to have that intimacy with you. I want to have that time with you and you with me. I will come in and eat with him. This is a, you know, this is that intimate time together and he with me. You know, let, let us all hear that call, hear that knocking. You know, Jesus wants to be in that personal and continual living relationship, intimate relationship with us. And then to him who overcomes, or she and all of us who overcome, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with the Father. I want to just finish this by again reiterating, you know, we we can have a very, should I say, dangerous view of salvation, of Oh, God is, is, is love, and, and of course he is love, but uh, that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there, I've said the prayer, and I've got nothing to worry about, and just living your life uh, in a carefree manner, not really having much regard for seeking the Lord, let's say, and, and, and maybe just being, what's the word, careless, carefree, lack of reverence and awe towards our salvation and towards our our lord and yet as ben was going through there you know from each one of those there's a warning to every single church your lampstands will be removed if you do not repent you'll be blotted out from the book you'll be spat out of my mouth you will not eat from the tree of life you will not receive the crown of salvation you will not receive a new name unless you repent or unless you're, you're in, you know, living with me, taking me seriously, living that life of obedience, seeking me is there's now, what am I saying? I'm not um, trying to bring in salvation by works or legalism or anything. No, not at all. But we do, this life is, is a reverence for the Lord. You know, in the first commandment, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength and love eat, love your neighbor as yourself you know we can't um, mock god we can't um you know the fear of the lord the reverence the reverent love of god living life reverently before him 
doesn't finish in the Old Testament. It goes right through. You know, God never changes. And our lives are, are once we're saved and, and, uh, and encounter God, a real mark of, of our salvation, if you like. And it's not why we're saved, but it's, a, it's a, a mark that we have been saved, is reverence to God, is a fear of God, is a living and obedience to God. Um, I heard this illustration that you, you can't be, say, hit by a truck and, and be the same again. You know, you can't just like imagine someone coming and say, oh, yeah, I just got knocked down by a truck. Uh, well, you look all right to me. There's nothing changed. Are you sure? You know, are you sure mm. you're telling the truth? Yeah, I was knocked down by a truck um, on the way here. Uh, uh, you know, how much more being being encountered, changed, transformed by the living God. Every person, Old and New Testament, you know, was never the same again. Uh, because, you know, there's there's a reverence, there's a, right, your will, your way now, Lord. Your will be done, not my will be done. So just saying, look, let's be real. Let's let's wake up. Let's be real with God. Any, any uh, comment on yeah. that? Is that yeah. too heavy yeah. or is that? You know, Pastor, I guess as we we've said, I guess we said as many a times that um, you know what we what we're we're not uh, trying to um, what's that word now? I don't know if I, if I use the word explore our own views or opinions, but we're actually that's why we're looking at at the, at the scripture and, and in, in verse nineteen. You know, when we when we're talking about love, we need to, uh, like you rightly said, we 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 shouldn't take our um, our definition of love from from the world. Because uh, that's where we probably could get into trouble. Um, because verse nineteen, the Lord is quite clear here. He, he does say, as, "As many as I love." So in all of these things that He says, he says, "As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten." You know, so He's He's we're, we're taking our, if you like, our definition, our mean of love from from the Scriptures itself. And so what, what God is, is saying here is that what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying here is that I'm saying these things is because I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, if I, if I didn't care about you, if I didn't love you, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother giving you all of these warnings. And I think the great thing about this is, that, as you said, Father, is that when, you look, we, when we look at this in the balance, he isn't just saying this is what you're doing wrong and then just stopping there and saying, well, that's it then. Bye. You know, the, yeah. there's no hope for you. There's no way back for you. And he's saying, OK, this is what you're doing right. This is what you're doing wrong. And if the, you're doing these things that are wrong, and this is the way to change. And so, you know, the, the Lord, he isn't, just, he isn't leaving us at a dead end to say that you're doing this wrong and that's the end of it. Bye-bye. You know, you, there's no hope for you. But he's actually showing us the way to get right with him. So this, this, is, this is real love, isn't it, Pastor? Yeah. Let's be, this is real love. And, um, you know, we, we can challenge Christians to say, if you really believe that, um, like you've rightly said, you've had an encounter with God, if you really believe that he loves you, then then look at this for yourself. Read this yourself and let the, the Lord speak to you to show you that this is this is real love. You know, this is real love. When we're doing something that is wrong, he doesn't just stand by and say, well, that's OK. Just, just go on with it. He, he, no, he points it out. But then he also tells us what we need to do to, to get right with him. And um, I, I think we should um, receive this. And, and be grateful. And if we do find ourselves falling short, which, which I do, I'm sure we would all we'd all testify to that. Different times in our lives, we find ourselves falling short. He's given us the, the remedy here, and he shows us what we need to do. And we just do that, and then we, we we move forward with our Christian life. And we don't hold on to the way that we think sh- things should be done, which are in some cases might be contrary to the way that God uh, sees how things should be done. And we can see this even in these letters that he's saying, "This is what I see." 
and um, this is what you know needs to be needs to be done. And 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 John, who wrote Revelation, of course, if we go just before on on one John one nine, it says, "If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us." from all unrighteousness you know it's to be honest that walking in in a kind of confession and repentance and it's a daily thing it's a lifestyle it's not you know it, it goes on to say if we can claim we have not sinned we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our hearts you know he he cleanses us always continually you know blessed is the man whose sin the lord does not count against him uh, that's in Psalm 32, I believe, uh, you know, and those who trust in the Lord, you know, they, they they will never be ashamed. There's that continual cleansing. And we we looked in the in the Old Testament motifs of the temple. There's a continual t cleansing that happens. And, and of course, we know Jesus has paid the price once and for all. But our our continual receiving of the washing, the washing of the word. The washing through the presence of God, the washing and the transforming uh, of our lives in his presence and an intimate relationship with him is a lifestyle, isn't it? It's not a kind of one off thing. So uh, I, I want to say that as an encouragement. You know, it's not it's not a legalistic thing. It's talk. This is relationship with God. Who knows that we're transformed by relationships? You know, we're married, <laughs> the three of us. Uh, how much do we know that you know that relationship with our wife has has transformed us hasn't it uh, i mean i think of the the kind of lifestyle and habits i had before you know i became one with rachel she's she's a very ordered and tidy person i wasn't naturally you know i was a very kind of messy guy messy home i'm, I'm not uh, proud to say but i've had to raise my game you know and uh, any comment on that one? Ben, come on, tell me about the transformation. The yeah. transformation, well, it, I mean, it, it talks in Philippians, doesn't it, about we press on towards the goal the, for the prize in all the churches, you know, the reward, you know, the valuable reward and what we have gained in Christ speaks uh, very loud, uh, uh, you know, as an encouragement to keep going with the Lord, to, to keep communing with him and to keep transformed by him, you know, the goal of the Christian life is to be what is called sanctified um, by the Holy Spirit as we walk with him. And that is all part of the transformation. And, yes, you know, yes. the rewards that he speaks of I mean, in heavenly language, like um, I will let you eat of the man, the hidden manna. You know, I'll give you the crown of life. Good. You know, what your, your name will be the book of life. But all of you, you know, you help me rule. Uh, I'm losing you there, Ben. Uh. Yes, yeah, that's uh, freezing a bit there. But yeah, as you yes, were saying, ben, yes. you know, sanctification, it is, it's a process, uh, you know, and it's something the, work, the, the Lord does. And again, that speaks of that continual ongoing relationship. It's daily, yes, isn't it? Yes. We've, we've yeah. said this time and time again, that uh, yeah, these images of yes. that daily, we think of the manna in the desert mm. that was provided by the heavenly it was a daily thing they had to collect it daily if they tried to collect it for the following day even one extra day you know it turned to maggots it turned there's something about mm. you know and jesus says i am your living bread now 
you know, mm. come and dine with me daily. And uh, so, so this is the wonderful Absolutely. invitation. And this is the life. Jesus is the life. Jesus is our life. And, and yes. our living, living, you know, life of life. And so, um, yeah, yes, let's, right. let's take of that life daily. Amen. Absolutely, yes, but when you when you were talking about uh, the the transformation of relationships, you know, with your wife, I think of, of my well, I'll just think when you said that, I thought, well, there's quite a lot there. <laughs> just two things, I I think that you know, uh, patience and um, mercy. You know, I learned that uh, a lot from my wife. So it's and, and like you said, it's a, it's a daily thing that we you know we we grow in you know week yeah. by week, year by year, month by month, and then we look back and we begin to think, wow, you know how we've changed sometimes you don't actually realize it until you you take those you know some moments and time to reflect on you know the change that's taken place and that and like you rightly said about the guy hit by the truck i mean there's no one who's going to have that sort of an impact on your life that you will remain the same so in in the sense that you know we thank you know we thank god for wives the changes that have taken place and it's just and like more so like you've rightly said more so and i guess we're going over and over but i think it's one of the it is not one of these the key um, I, I would say, uh, if, if, I don't want to use the word ingredient, but without this relate, this daily ongoing relationship with the Lord, all of these things that we're reading about, that we're learning about, that they they just become um, what what what's the yes. word I want to use? Yes. They, they, they're just academic, aren't they? Really, yes. they're just yes. things that are yes. going on in our minds that we are aware of, but yes. we can't put them into practice because He is the only one, the Lord Jesus Christ, like you yes. rightly said, the life that we're talking about. Yes. He is the only one who can enable us to live what, what's in here. If we take him and that relationship out of our Christian life, then we have no Christian life. Yes. We, we might have what you might want to call a Christian mind in the sense that we read the Bible and we say, oh yeah, you know, Jesus did this and he did that and he's asking me to do this and do that. But actually, to be empowered to do it, it comes through that relationship, doesn't it? Yes, that is through that relationship with him, with his word, with the Holy Spirit and, and with, with the help of, of God himself in us that we're able to live these things up because otherwise, we, like he's rightly said, Without him, we, we can do nothing. We can't live this yes. life without him. And that's why even here to this church, he's asking him, he says, if anyone hears my voice, and he's talking to the individual here, just like you rightly said about the individual who does not yet know the Lord, and the Lord would, would be asked, you know, speaking to them to say, here I am. It's the same thing he's talking to us here. To yes. Say, here I am. If yes. anyone, any individual, if anyone would open the door, yes. then I will, he's a promise that he will come in. And he says, we're going to have a meal together. We can talk these things over. We can work these things through. And like with food, you don't just have one meal a day. And then you think, well, that's it. I don't need to eat for the rest of my life. You know, in, 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 in some respect, we, we have three meals a day. You know, that's how we sustain ourselves physically. So to have this a spiritual relationship with the Lord, like you said, it's an ongoing yes. daily thing. Yes, it is. Yes. That humility, you know. I, I'm, I'm immediately, as you were saying there, it's, it's the hum, humility and the fear of the Lord. This is one of the Proverbs. Humility and the fear of the Lord bring riches and mm. honor and life. True riches. Honor mm. from God. True, the honor that counts. And um, everlasting life. Uh, there's Ben. He's, hi, Ben, you're back. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so yes, that um yeah, we're talking about yeah, this 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 is about relationship. And and I think, you know, it's fitting to end on this, um, because I think this is what has been addressed. If you like like you said, um, you're talking about the nub, the key in all of this, and, and this would be the nub of every one of the letters to the churches about 
true relationship that that is reflected in in behavior in choices in you know it it does reflect that that relationship that intimacy with god um yes 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 that's what i was going to say because without it bible knowledge without relationship with god it's the bible says knowledge puffs up we become proud it becomes if you like um it becomes you know well even filthy rags before the lord you're you're presenting yourself as someone who oh i know i know this and i know that but the the life behind it is is just hypocritical and we know that the lord's you know the lord's kind of fiercest jesus himself his fiercest words were for the religious hypocrites because it was there was so much pride there so i think it's it's coming back again to that absolute key is this humility and relationship lord apart from you i'm lost i'm nothing i i i've got nothing i ian Fawkes has nothing to say nothing to contribute i only have what you give me which is from your living word which is from my submission to you which is from my ongoing relationship and prayer communing with you eating with you daily and and that transformation that will occur only that and without that forget it it's lost and so but you know we're safe in that all we need is that attitude towards him and he's got us he's holding us in his hand we won't we don't need to fear that we will will fall away we'd be lost because you know nobody can take us away nobody can snatch us away the bible says and so i want to encourage you if you're listening you know don't don't be fearful about this in any way um you know nothing can remove you from god's love but there's that that's that tension that balance that you know we we are called to reverently love him and serve him amen i think um you know it's quarter to eight we've got a, had a slightly shortened one because of the technical issues because we've come to the beginning of chapter four let's save that for next time when we go and we're going to we've finished with the letters here we've kind of summarized what um what god is saying through those letters i believe and uh we're now going to be moving into next time uh a vision of heaven and moving into the the unfolding of the vision of what is to come we'll be getting into the real you know some of the the meaty stuff of what awaits us in this world in the future yeah apologies guys for um the slight technical issues um we'll, we'll get those fixed for next time ben would you um would you pray to finish us out on this one lord we want to thank you for the uh all that we've learned from the uh letters to the seven churches the letters from you to the seven churches that we can gain from lord and we thank you, Father God, that you revealed many things to us just in this uh, short uh, three chapters of Revelation, Lord. And we pray, Father God, that it would set us up nicely to familiarise ourselves with the way John is writing. And Lord, we pray we would learn the lessons and heed the encouragements and be by the rewards that we we see in the, uh, in the way you dealt with your churches of old, Lord, that we would uh, take that with us into today, Father. And we just thank you for your love. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your great patience thank with you. us, God. Thank it's true. Those who love 
you discipline and you guide and we thank you that you have blessed us already in this book as you promised to do at the start in jesus name amen 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 thanks amen. Amen. thank you for joining us everyone great to have you with us today and we'll see you next week on word up god bless have a great week